Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. So that's all, and you want to land on the trades first. All right, well, let's talk about the trades first, the ones that happened in our league. Let's get right to it, man. So yeah, check my fanny. Check it. Check it. Check it. In no fanny. Oh, okay, we, fanny we, we, can't, we can't get, we can't get off track here, man. No. If, if <laughs> we don't stop ourselves now. All right, so <laughs> let's get to it, folks. So we've got a couple of trades in our league this week. Um, uh, if you guys have been listening to our episodes, uh, you know that uh, the standings are fairly close right now. Uh, a couple of rebuilding teams uh, at the bottom. And, uh, you know, they're making some moves here over the past week uh, to help themselves in those rebuilds. So let's get right to it. Uh, the Apocalypse pick up Connor Garland from the Royals for a, ah. for a fifth round entry in 22-23. I wanted him. So, hey, you I know what? I didn't think he was available. Well, you know what? Like a solid pickup, right? Like not going to cost yeah. you all that much and can, you know, this is the type of guy that can go off for like five, six points if he's having a really wicked week, even more so, just yep. d- depending. And if he has that kind of career week, so to speak. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we'll get back to that in a second here. With a new coach? Yeah. With Boudreau, yeah. I think that's, I, I think... Picking up someone like Garland for uh, out of Vancouver right now with Bujo as a new coach, that's a good move. Well, several players are going to get a boost, right? So no matter which kind of league you're in, whether it counts, yeah. hits, blocks, any of that stuff. Um, we'll get yeah, back to that in a second here. I'll let you uh, get a little bit of info or um, a little bit of uh, airtime on that in a second. Uh, Cougars make a small move getting Philip Forsberg from the Pawn Hogs for another fifth-round entry draft pick in 23-24, so in a couple of years from now. Uh, Again, kind of a nice little small move, a guy that can go off for easily a five- or six-point week. Uh, Again, doesn't cost him very much. So a couple of teams that are trying to establish uh, uh, some dominance in a division here. I'm trying to follow suit, but not having very much luck. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so so listen, I'll, I'll turn it over to you if you have anything to say about any of these deals, big guy. I honestly just uh, again to to reiterate that had I known Scott <laughs> that you were willing to put up Connor Garland, I don't know, did he put it in his on the block? Like, uh, was there, was there an because I know at one point he adjusted them. I don't know if he actually had them on there. I'd have to go back and check. But, I, uh, I'm not a hundred percent, but I mean the type of player that could potentially be available, right? Like you you want to kind of turn every yeah. turn every stone every stone over and check and see what's going on yeah. with those particular teams, but. Uh, you you never know unless you ask, I guess. Exactly, yeah. And Philip Forsberg, while may not be glamorous and you know over the top or anything like that, it certainly wasn't worthy of that type of. Uh, well, look at the pick, like fifth round entry for Philip Forsberg. That makes sense, but he's like you said, similar to Connor Garland, where all of a sudden they could actually go off for for quite a few and really help you fill a hole. And with the Cougars, he's he's had some injuries lately, some key players, but he's yeah. I, and I think that's what he's doing. He's trying to find players that he can pick from the bench that are reliable, at least more reliable than what he's had. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong, especially when you run into some injuries. We all know what your brother's been going through the first, uh, let's say, quarter of the year here. Uh, so, I mean, picking up yeah. Garland, you know, again, with that little bump in Vancouver, you can't go wrong. And, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how you really feel about these players, uh, for the price that was paid for them, uh, not a bad, uh, not a bad deal in both cases, in my opinion. I need, I need a deal. Oh well, we may, like we may be able deal. to hammer one out here, you and I. Let's figure it out, man. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. <laughs> I really don't think so. <laughs> trying, I don't try, see how it's happening. I'm trying to be nice on air, but let's be honest, man. We're both in the no, same boat. We're I, looking to acquire and throw a pick to somebody, man. So that's it. You and I can't help each other out. We need the same thing. Yeah, man. We're, like we're in maybe a little bit different in terms of like position or something, or but at the end of the day, we. We really are looking for the same things. For those of you, that's the thing about our division. <laughs> for those of you, full disclosure: I made a small offer to uh, Marty for uh, Joe Pavelski, <laughs> and uh, absolutely got smacked across the face for that. <laughs> so, thanks, Marty, for you know smartening me up here and uh, realizing we're both on the same uh, track here. So, uh, yeah, you know, bring me back to reality a little bit. <laughs> I want to, I, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't intended oh, to no. come off like that. Oh, no, no, but, no. Uh, but there was no other way. No way. Uh, that I could have put it in. No. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, but I mean, wh- while you're checking that out, I can go over the league a little bit here. Um, myself and Joel have a pretty big, ba- pretty big game tonight. 
Um, he's up six points on me, but I do believe I have him something to the extent of eight to four in man games. Uh, that's going to be kind yeah. of the really big matchup uh, to watch tonight. Not necessarily because I'm in it. It's just the one that kind of has the possibility of going either way. Uh, you're actually sitting pretty, pretty tidy with your uh, with your week this week. Looking Re- like yeah, looks like you may pull through. And I believe your dad is ahead of Jason. I think um, yes by a by, by a fair margin. So <laughs> let's uh, so let's sew that up there. And then of course we've yeah. got uh, the demons, and I believe. Uh, is it not? Uh, let me see here. Royals. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes, the Royals. Yeah. And that one is not... I mean, it, it is over, but like, if uh, Scott would have just had at least one goalie playing, he would have had a chance, but um, Tom's got him beat, for sure, Like at this point now. So. Well, Scotty's hurting a little bit here in goaltending, I think, so we'll see what he can do at uh, midseason yeah. to short up i did find the text so so mike since fires off this text i've got an offer for you marty which is as follows to the brigands a fifth round age pick fifth round entry pick in 22 23 and to the dragons joe pavelski look forward to hearing from you that was sent at 9 49 a.m <laughs> at uh, 9 50 a.m i replied with nah this doesn't help me in the least as i need <laughs> pavelski more than i need a pick <laughs> Thanks, so, buddy. You're right. I was a little <laughs> blunt. I was a little, yeah. No, this is a stupid, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave me alone. Hey, listen, you know. No. Make sure, make sure you turn all those stones over. Make sure you find out what's yeah, going on exactly. with all your managers. So we'll, go, we'll start going around the league then. Uh, and I think there's a, well, there's, there's definitely, I don't know how much of a secret it is anymore, really, but it, it, it certainly doesn't get as much attention as they deserve. And that's the Minnesota Wild. Well, I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty hard to not get that attention, especially when you end up at the top of the standings. I know that they've had a few teams pass them here over the last couple of nights, but I want to say for a night or two there, they were at the top of the standings. So not so much of a secret anymore, I suppose, but this is a team that is sitting after 27 games played with a 19-7-1 record, sitting first in the Central. Uh, you know, what I really kind of find, Marty, is they're, to me, they're an underrated team. Uh, they just don't seem to get talked about with some of the, the heavyweights, if you will. They're a little bit more kind of under the radar, or at least were, uh, until this kind of recent surge here where they went on an eight-game winning streak uh, and, yeah. and and hit the top of the charts here in the league. But mm-hmm. they just don't seem to be, you know, with your uh, your Tampa Bays and your Washingtons or even a Carolina. Uh, you know, a lot of people tend to uh, really harp on them as well. Uh, all all rightfully so, by the way. But I don't. I, the, the team least, doesn't have. So I, I've, I've talked about it a lot in other episodes where there's, you know, there's a couple of different ways you can build the team, and one of, couple of different ways is that you either have players that are just exceptional, or you've got a system that makes sense, and players that also sort of tap into it. They kind of have the benefit of having both, where they've got a good system and they got some decent players because uh, uh, Kaprizov is obviously obviously very good. So is Zuccarello, uh, Fiala, not his greatest season, but he is still a very good talent. There's a lot of players on this team that fit a good role. They've got four players that have 10 or more goals. And then the rest kind of balances out with sevens and threes and fives. Like everyone's kind of chipping in. And I'm saying that you might be like, well, seven threes and five isn't a big deal. Well, they're third in the league for goals per game, which that sounds absurd for a Minnesota team because we always just sort of assume Minnesota to be closer to being a defensive team than an offensive team. But this is a this ain't, this ain't your father. This ain't your father's Minnesota wild, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, that be that means they would make them the Minnesota North Stars, which would be awesome. Ah, well, but, yes, uh, yeah. very nice. <laughs> nice but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, so again, the third place just took me by surprise. I didn't expect that, and even to continue on being surprised is the fact that their goals against is 16th in the league. It's great though. It's 278 versus their goals for at 367. So like nothing's wrong there. That's why their record is what it is. But I'm just saying, like, this team is actually, when all these numbers come out to me, they tell me that this is a balanced team. They know what they're doing. They've got a system that works for them, and it, it works from top to bottom. At the, you know, I'm looking at the uh, uh, Daily Faceoff uh, website here now. Nick Bugstad on the fourth line. Now, again, like, you know, I'm not saying Nick Bugstad is the next coming of a 70-point player. Um, but what I'm saying is that him on a fourth line, yeah. That that starts to work for me if you can make it happen, and of course, yeah. you know they're making it, they're getting it all this done with the, the proper cap um, movements. But yeah. uh, t- uh, the one the one thing that really stood out for me 
um, in regards to, to the roster itself, they're a really big team, Marty. Like they're a pretty oh, heavy yeah? team. They're a pretty heavy team. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Greenway himself is like six six, and I know Felino oh, isn't. Okay. Uh, Felino isn't any kind of a pushover, and I believe Erickson X something like six three or six four. Yeah, that's right. Something huh. like that. That's so, something I, mean, I just, even thought about. That's good. So, so just that line alone, right? Like, can really kind of weigh you down as the game goes on. I'm, no. I'm not. Nece- I don't want to necessarily put them in that kind of Calgary in the West and. Uh, the Islanders in the East, and yes, I know my Islanders prediction is going to the shitter. I I know, uh, I get it. Two, don't worry about it. We'll touch <laughs> but, base on that. But <laughs> but having said that, um, it, it's cer- they certainly do have that kind of feeling of of uh, one of those teams, but light, if you will. There's a little bit more sprinkle, maybe of some speed, or maybe a little bit more top end skill. I don't want to say full on skill because I mean Calgary's got some 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 players there. But I mean, top end skill like like Kaprizov. I mean, you know, this is a guy that literally can change a game for you. Yeah, so can Johnny Goudreau. But there's a little bit more flash, I suppose, with Kaprizov. So only Carolina and Florida have a higher goal for and against differential. So um, Minnesota is plus twenty six. Carolina is plus twenty eight. Flores plus 27. So, I mean, at the end of the day, those three teams are the ones that you're talking about in the same breath. And if we're, if we're going to go through a season where Carolina and Florida, and rightfully so, get a lot of attention, so should Minnesota. Now, like, and you kind of touched on a little bit that they might be a little bit uh, built differently this year than years past, because we've seen Minnesota do well and, and make it to the playoffs only to, you know, kind of fizzle out which obviously if you don't win a stanley cup it's kind of easy to say um but at the end of the day i think this team like you had mentioned has a little bit something different it could be the size but i think it's the the good balance of size and skill um and like one player that i th- he must have been injured because he, he hasn't played all that much is victor rask he's your third line center and, and he's playing with Kevin Fiala. So now Kevin Fiala isn't having the best season. Uh, maybe there's no chemistry there, or maybe it's because Rass was out for a little while. But even Rass, like, I think he, he's come back to the tune of nine points in 14 games. So eventually, you know, that should help Fiala as well, too. So again, lots of depth, looking really good. And, you know, you're the beneficiary a little bit, too, there. You got Mr. Cam Talbot. Doesn't hurt that he's actually playing well. Um, I feel like he's always I mean- been sort of given a, a bad deal like i didn't i wasn't thrilled with him in edmonton it wasn't totally working but we'll touch on edmonton because i don't think much is working there lately but anyways this might actually be a perfect time to kind of segue to something that we really need to talk about the whole boost brujo thing that happened in the last episode and he used to coach oh, minnesota yeah. wild right so that's a nice little see how it connects there because quite frankly if you didn't listen to the last episode it's the only episode i've ever i've ever actually given um, a different title other than episode five or episode six. It's called the prediction because Tom really blew us away. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man. Like he he mentioned it during the the, the uh, podcast and it made sense. Like good guy and like we all kind of mentioned, sure. we, were, we, we were all on the same page. I mean, he's kind of completely diffuse the toxicity out there. So you know, it, it made sense in the whole bit. I just well, I mean. If you listen to the episode, you can hear all of our reaction. I mean, it was, we couldn't believe it. I mean, it's a Tom, Tom the prophet, apparently. So I tell you what, I, I don't know what was in Tom's drink that night or what was in his water bottle, but man, like he kind of hit the nail right on the head and, you know, and good for them. Like, oh, I, yeah. can't, I, I can't stress it enough. Just with how the vibe was out there with that team, it they were just, they were yelling and screaming for these guys. Yeah. Green and, green and, um. Uh, Benning, uh, so yeah. I mean, get, getting uh, Boudreaux in there, and I know it was a little bit kind of different, coach kind of coming in without uh, a GM in place, so to speak. But listen, I, I think in this particular case, in this situation, he slid right in there, kind of starts diffusing all of that away from the players, a player's coach. You know, you get Ruth- and then to me, you get Rutherford who comes in there. Oh yeah, super. Oh man, whether you know what, whether he's your favorite or not, 
kind of is irrelevant. And, and what I mean by that is, okay, yeah. you're getting a guy that's coming in com- like completely and utterly knowledgeable about everything in regards to the NHL over the past three decades, right? So yeah. like in, in regards yeah. to connections to other teams, uh, you know, th- this guy's not How afraid he operates. To, he's not afraid to make moves. Like, it, it, you know, it yeah. certainly would have been interesting to have Joel on for an episode like this to really this start to been, get yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. kind of the reverse of what we asked him on the third episode where, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it was just he wanted well, everybody out. And I, and I totally and don't. He blame was him. the reason why we discovered what we discovered while we were on. Still talking to Tom. Thankfully, we hadn't hung up with him because um, otherwise we would have missed that moment. He, Joel's the one who sent the text to Mike and I. All it said was finally the bunch, bunch of exclamation marks, and then sure enough, we go online and there it is. So the the great thing about Boost Brujo is that, and it seems everywhere he goes, he does this. You get instant results, and like he's got a shutout win already. They haven't lost under him. Nope. I believe they're three and zero, or yep, it's at least three and zero, anyways, with a shutout. Like, um, and these these weren't you know shitty teams that they beat. This was good hockey. This was different hockey for 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 the Canucks. Well, a, a small thing that I that I noticed, and you know what? Listen, I, I love hockey. I've been a hockey fan all my life. Uh, the the idiosyncrasies of the game, uh, you know, I, I may miss out on a little bit per se. But one thing that caught my eye is he comes right in there. Boudreau does. Comes mm-hmm. right in there, puts Elias Peterson on the penalty kill. Now, <laughs> something... But, but you know what, though? Completely different look. Completely different responsibility. Yeah. You know, you're getting him on the ice for, let, let's say, 40, 45 seconds, maybe a minute, depending on yep. how much pressure that, that team is putting on the power play. So let's just say for the sake of saying a minute, right? Yeah, it's in a defensive responsibility, but he's in the game. He's on the ice. Uh, you know, if he, if he gets the puck in the right situation, he can create. Yeah. Uh, so, dangerous. you know what? I, I just, I, I like the way he goes in. Like, obviously, Green didn't, I mean, I would have to look at that a little closer. But ah. I, I'm I'm guessing that Green really didn't have uh, Peterson on the, pow- on, on the penalty kill. So right. just giving him a different look, just... Giving some something different uh, visually uh, or or even responsibility wise, I think can yeah. do wonders as well. And look, let's let's even let's play devil's advocate for a second and suggest that. Uh, hold on, I guess he's. That's a big one, and I got another one. <laughs> cut these out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! There's something that yes, came right guy. Up my nose. There you go. <laughs> what I was trying to say. Is uh, let's suggest that you know Green did end up at one point try exactly that, and he didn't get the same result. At the end of the day, for whatever reason, it got him to react the way that he did, or at least the team to react. Whatever decisions he's been putting in place, I think I found one of the things that I didn't like the most was hearing how disconnected the players were with what was supposed to be going on, and how everyone was just sitting on different pages. So I I don't know how else you you can put blame on anybody else other than the coach for something like that um these these guys are coming in they're, they're playing together they're trying to win and they're trying to they're trying to do it together and if there's a fallout within the clubhouse then i, I don't know that might me personally if it isn't glaringly obvious that it's one player or two players then it's on the coach and in this case i feel like whatever green had with vancouver it was gone and Brujo's come in at a great time because really it seems these players are open to whatever it is he's selling and it's working. So, you know, good for all of them. And then just to pull in Rutherford, oh, lordy, this is this going to be interesting. Like, So now do you uh, assume as a Canucks fan that, okay, playoffs are open to us now again this year? Or do you sort of go, whatever happens, happens, we'll look to next season? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking as soon as Rutherford gets into that uh, uh, GM's or president of operations chair, uh, yeah. interim GM, um, I'm thinking playoffs here, man. Okay. I mean, and, and, and I was just about to say, as a fan of hockey, like I'm actually happy to see these two guys in that position because... Uh, oh, of course. I, Look, I, I think that Vancouver and I think everybody can kind of admit they're in the mushy middle right now, right? Yeah. Like they're not a re- they're not a complete rebuild here, and they're certainly nowhere near elite. So, no. 
I, I would think that Rutherford's going to go in there and he's going to start to tinker just like he did with the, 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 the Penguins. Now, yes, he, he doesn't have uh, the, the luxury of a Malkin or a Crosby, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, he's got pieces, solid pieces to build yep. with here. Besser, Peterson, uh, Hughes on the back end. So, you know, JT Miller with a lot of experience, good producer. I mean, this is a case where he's got to come in. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to start to fill in some of these spots with you know the some of these guys that he was filling those spots uh with on the penguins some nice depth guys and you know some nice third line players just to kind of really start to round out that roster because i i don't you know i really don't think they're far away from doing some serious damage here like they 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 do have a decent team it's just you know with everything that was going on here the past couple of weeks it was just getting so bad out there yeah, okay. this this would be closer to along the lines of what I was feeling going into this season for Vancouver. This kind yeah. of energy. I'm not suggesting that they should have won every game by going three and zero, and now you know they're never going to lose. That's not what I'm saying. It's just this energy feels different. This the way they they look looks different. The way that I'm hoping the direction that Bujo is going to take them is going to be more in lines with what I expected because this is a good team. Now the World Junior Championship, um, that's coming up, and that to me is like always around the holidays. It's that's a that's a tradition in our family. That's love that tournament. I don't know who does. Why? Well, if you love hockey, you should love this tournament. And if you don't know what this tournament is, oh my God, how did you even find our show? <laughs> well, I mean, how many times are you sitting there, you know, getting ready to watch either on the twenty sixth uh, for a number of years on Boxing Day or yeah. on the thirty first when they play the U.S. Right? Huge yeah. game, huge game. Always, almost a swing game to who was going to win the. Uh, that particular bracket or pool yeah, um, yeah i mean i've got so many fond memories just sitting there watching those big games yeah. taking it all in you know w- w- the s- snacks galore yeah. just fattening <laughs> right up you know yeah. so uh, you know it, it's Not it's definitely a good time and you know canada looks to be icing another solid roster here this, this year. yeah we look uh, as usual we look dangerous uh in yeah, just some. I'm just going to quickly run up a few players, some key players to keep an eye on for T Canada. Uh, Cole Perfetti, Shane Wright, Kent Johnson, Owen Power, Caden. I think I'm going to screw up his name. Caden Gould. That sounds about right, actually. <laughs> Dylan Garland. You got it. Yep. Dylan Garland. Now this is what I love. It's the top goalie in WHL. This and his stats are look. They look amazing. I love that we have a, a an a, another. It seems we've always done pretty good in nets, and this is another really solid goaltender in us uh, in the nets for us for the tournament which is always too short um and then of course the biggest okay. name is uh connor bedard uh aiming to be the next uh crosby mcdavid already some comparisons and uh he'll be the first well he should be the first one in on at the age of 16 since mcdavid did it and of course crosby also did it so um you know he sounds like he's down the right path <laughs> it's looking like we got some, a, a fair bit of impact players on this team. You know, especially with uh, a guy like Cole Perfetti coming in here over the last couple of days and the Jets loaning him to the team. Uh, you know, that it just slots people into kind of different places, right, and just makes us that much stronger. So, exactly. I mean, I know we've got, uh, you know, we've got some usual competition there in the States, and yep. there's a few other countries that are definitely going to give us a go here. But, yeah. it, pre- I mean, Sweden, pretty damn England. solid here. Yep. One of our more solid teams here over the past couple of years. Years. Absolutely, and if you're if you're if you're in fantasies, especially keeper fantasies and that kind of stuff, this is a great tournament to just sort of have a look at the kind of talent that's out there and sort of give you an an idea of what kind of names you should be looking for in terms of like drafting or who you're going to again, especially keeper leagues where you can start young and you need to infuse some young blood into your into your leagues going forward. Um, this usually gives you a good idea. Um, but you know it, it's still a short tournament, so it, take it with a grain of salt because sometimes it proves something else. Sometimes uh, players are just really good on the uh, on the big stage kind of thing, and they're sort of big producers. But during the season, you're not necessarily it's not necessarily an all star moment. But uh, like Eberle was, uh, Eberle Jordan Eberle was one of those guys who was just amazing in the world uh, World Junior Championships. Always uh, always a lot of fun to watch, scoring great goals. Um, but you know, not that he's a bad player now. Um, but it's just to say that you know he uh, he had he excelled during those tournaments and then you know uh, ended up as a as, again very serviceable but uh, not what not what you would expect uh, or not what we were hoping when we saw him play on the big stage. Well, I mean, with this type of a tournament, it's such a small sample size, right? That yeah, he, he, yeah, it's it's kind of a balancing act. I mean, 
the, the best part about it is, is you've got these big moments, uh, you know, where these players are staking their claim to, to you know, where, where they want to be and where they want to go and some of their, uh, their goals. And it's a case where, you know what, some of them can, can step up to the big moments. I mean, yeah. one that, one that comes hero. really to That'd mind cool. here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One that comes to mind, obviously, is Zegris there. Uh, yeah, I mean when he played in the, when he played in the tournament, you know, just brash and it's uh, true. It's great. It, it's great viewership. It, it, it's great for the yep. fans. Uh, you know, it is. But I mean, but I mean, it is. A, this is a tournament where you've got every uh, uh, NHL team scout and personnel department is sitting there. So you know, all eyes are on you. And, uh, some some kids can buckle under the pressure a little bit, and and, and that happens. You know what I mean. It doesn't yeah. mean you're not learning gonna be experience. Great and it, exactly, it doesn't mean you're going to be you're not going to be a great NHL player. But yeah. some people can just step right into that limelight, yeah. and they just live it and they love it and and they, and they feed off of it. Uh, and again, going back to Zegers, he was kind of one of them there over the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and then that, that I, and you can see why he was always there. That kid's got talent. That freaking goal that he uh, set up there for Milano. Holy jeez. Oh, now that's yeah, I, talent. That's the kind of shit that we need to see much more of. That is some entertaining stuff. For me, uh, and I'll go into it a little bit here after, but the plain and, and simple of it is you get the puck in the net. Oh, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. how it doesn't matter how it nope. happens. It doesn't nope. matter how you get it done. Yeah. Put the puck in the net. Yeah. And I mean the, the the absolute skill that is shown in the league today, and yeah. I I gotta be honest with you, I I know everybody's heard all the comments from Torts and all of the kind of maybe the blowback from s- some others. Listen, we'll get into that in a second, but man, oh man, I am all for this. I am all for this type of entertainment. Like, bring it on. I hope I, I'd love I'd love to see somebody do it again. I, I boy, tell me about it. I love that the game has evolved. Uh, some fans think the game has changed too much and it's a little bit too no, soft. And, that kind and, of stuff. and you know what? I mean, I, I can't hold it in any longer here with this whole torts thing. I mean, you know, we brought it up uh, quickly there. I hear this guy and, you know, he's sitting on, uh, what is it, NHL on TNT, I think. Yeah, is, something like that. Or, yeah. what, or whatever. Anyway, he's, he sits there and, of course, he, he says, you know, I just don't know if it's good for the game. You know, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, you would have gotten your head taken off. Well, I don't know, John, but the last time that I looked at a goddamn calendar, it's 2021, buddy. And listen, I I may go off a little bit here on this guy, but the only thing to me that was good about any of that comment was for TNT and them getting viewership out of it and getting clickbait on it and getting all of this stuff. Okay, great. That's perfect. But like, I mean, listen, that doesn't the make any sense. So, I mean, he's, he's going to, at some point oh, he wants God. to coach in NHL again by saying something like that. The, like that just limits your chance of ever getting coaching job. Well, I'm again sorry. NHL, like so. what is he going to do? He's going to get a job and then he's going to tell his players, you know what? Yeah, you can't score. We got to have, <laughs> we got, we got to have old school goals. We got to have, you know, honest, we got to have an honest goal, yeah. an honest talk game and listen you know what listen like I, time has passed this guy by <laughs> time has passed him by yeah. it's done oh, yeah. it's over with yes. i mean between between the com- the comment you just made uh, about uh, mcdavid and, uh, and, this, and this comment here yeah. it's like okay listen he had a lot of supporters uh, you know, from mcdavid understand. comment though but definitely a lot less than this one. well you know what he's allowed to all of his thoughts he really really is oh, of just course. as i am and yep. I mean, and, and I mean, to me, it's a case where listen, you were you came up in the old school. That's fine. You can still love it. You can still think that that's the way it should be. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're about twenty years behind, bud. Yeah. Okay. Like this is not working. The league has changed. The type of player has changed. I mean, do you not think Zegris was trying something? Like he was saying, he was trying it at the U.S. Uh, development camp. You know what I mean? But he's trying. He may have. He may not have been trying that particular move. You know, earlier than that in, in his life. But don't tell me that this kid wasn't being creative and trying different things when he was on that back rink in the backyard. Yep. Like I mean, this is this is the way these kids are. Absolutely. Today. And it's, listen, they're, they're, there's nothing wrong with. With like with however it is you want to go about scoring your damn goal, you got something that you want to try, give it a shot and see if it works. I but there's also nothing wrong with if John Tortorella in his mind sees that he would run his team differently. It, it's it, it's stupid to suggest that you would you know 
go to your player after scoring a goal and say, listen, don't do that again. Um, so that on and of its own is a really stupid thing to say, but I can at least pull back a little bit and say, listen, if you would run a team a certain way where that kind of play doesn't, doesn't fit, then, you know, so be it, that's fine. But there's room for both, if not more. Like you have to be open to the concept that the game is going to evolve and change into different things. And if you're upset by that, and if you're bothered by that, um, listen, I don't know, go talk to a therapist about your aging because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're just upset because things are no longer the same. They're not what they used to be. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, man. It's called growing up. It's like evolve or get left behind. And I think that's what's going to happen to Torts, which honestly, like I've I've always been on the fence with Torts. Some things he's done and said I've been like totally supportive of and they made sense, but sometimes he goes off and it, this is one of those moments. You where know I'm, what? I, I will say this about Tortorella. The one thing that I've always liked about him is the word accountability. He will hold his team accountable. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at this at this point, Marty, I mean, uh, that's not what the move me, is about, though. That, that, for, for, <laughs> the move's just sweet. For me, that's that's about that's about all I could say positive about him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. just in re, in regards to not about the person. I'm not trying to pick on the actual person there, but what I'm trying to say is that you know his thoughts. It's just they 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 are. Uh, they're out of date. I mean, yeah. like the word that you the word that you used, evolve. I mean, the league has evolved from when he was he was in his heyday of coaching. I mean, it's just not that way anymore. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I think that's just, ex- he's I actually think, yeah. he's proving a kind of a good point. That it's true. It, the game is not the way you used to coach it. It has and it's changed. So the things that we've lost are the things that you're lamenting for, but the things that we've gained are things that you're complaining about, and that's. That's also part of evolution, where you end up the the new way the game kind of gets played, where kids think outside of the box, and we start seeing different types of goals. Because instead of seeing the same old body check, maybe body check is kind of a bad example of that. Maybe we don't see another fight. Instead of not seeing a fight, we're seeing a goal like that. So which is it that you? Because at the end of the day, that's the product, right? Like which product do you want to see? Do you would you rather see the fight or would you rather see the goal? And I know I'm I'm I'm. I think it's a safe bet to say this is an even split on where fans live in this world, where they would rather have a hit versus a, a goal. But I live on the side of I'd rather see that goal. Uh, I'd rather see that goal than a I fight. I think it's just better for the game. I mean, uh, I'm not saying I don't like to see a, a great body check, you know, somebody kind of edging somebody out along the boards and no, making no, that play. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's still an important play. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, the, the, the game for years now has been built on skill. And, yes, we've taken away a little bit more of that physicality. And, you know, because you don't see a jarring check anymore, now people think that, okay, there's going to be a one or two game suspension because of that anymore. But, I mean, yeah. the game has gone to a, to, to a faster game game a more skilled game and the league is wanting to showcase that off so you're not going to have that clutching and grabbing in that old yeah, school exactly honest hot ho- honest clutching. hockey game in in, re- in regards to john's words what so i mean jesus look at the what? the hit that truba landed there's still some good hits out there and I, the only thing i didn't oh, like was people couple were, beauties oh absolutely both of them i love both a couple of them. beauties sometimes yeah. yeah me too and i felt you know i forget the chicago player there but like sometimes you know a good hit does some damage that's what a good hit is meant to do not necessarily do damage but it's supposed to knock you on your ass and make him go whoa that guy i gotta watch out for that guy but those were great hits and what i don't like is the uh how much we dissect the hits now every time there's yeah man something like even if it's not close we're already dissecting it like oh look at this hit and then he's like oh you know he hit his chin first okay so that means he's suspended right like Jesus, you just brought it down to the the last millisecond. How the hell is he supposed to adjust? Like you can't go that far. Let a, a clean hit be a clean hit, and don't let, don't suggest that the league should have actioned on it or anything like that. Like he never left his feet. It wasn't mal- it wasn't malicious outside of a, a a typical. You know what this was? This was a hockey play that people tore apart and tried to make yeah. it something that it was. Look at John. Look at John. He's making me go off topic now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God damn guy. Listen, let's get this thing back on the rails, right. okay, Marty? Right. Let's uh, let's Sorry. give a big shout out to uh, to Ben Bishop here. Yeah, uh, some solid unfortunate career, news man. over the past. Co- oh yeah, so, I mean, you know, solid goalie. Uh, definitely got the job done and had some uh, solid years. Um, but unfortunately, with some the news over the past couple of days, where he was trying to make a go of it with, uh, I think it's Texas down there. Um, 
Texas Stars. And uh, you know what? Obviously kind of got the recall and everything. I was wondering for a second, is he coming back? Like, was he, yeah. you know what I mean? But I obviously they just call, they obviously just called him up to the big club to kind of make everything official, I guess, yeah. and the whole nine yards. So listen, uh, big ups to Ben Bishop. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was probably a shorter career or less games than he probably wanted. He seemed to yeah. be injured a fair bit, right? But But when he did play, and especially when he, when he was in T Bay, there he was putting up some really oh, decent shit, numbers. Yeah. So I mean, so you know, big up to him, and uh, hopefully uh, things work out for the rest of uh, the rest of his days after his playing career. Yeah, it was also an Ottawa Senator for a while too. Like uh, that was one. Oh yeah, that's true. That was one that hurt Ottawa quite a bit because when he left, he his uh, his star shone shone through. <laughs> he was really good when he left Ottawa. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. Shown through. So I, I'm. I do want to talk about the Oilers first because for us, you know, as as great as the Canadians' topic is, um, the Oilers, <laughs> the Oilers. Uh, I'm not a fan right now of anything. They obviously they've lost five in a row. Uh, I'm very upset right now, and this I'm going to go off a little bit. If I'm being honest, like how do you allow this team? To go five games without a win, the team has constructed um, as a coach. Uh, and I, like, and honestly, I don't care that they played some of the better teams in the league because, quite frankly, they're supposed to be uh, one of the best teams in the league. So you can't you can't say, well, well you know, we played solid team. Yeah, I know you're supposed you're supposed to win, man. You're supposed to be one of the best teams. The way you guys broke out at the beginning of the season, it really looked like this team was next level, on fire. This was going to be something special. When really, what it, obviously all it really was was a hot start from a couple of players or several players. I'll, I'll say several, thinking maybe like three or four um, that were just raring to go. And luckily, two of those uh, were ha- they happened to be the, the best players in the world. Number one and number two, or tied for one, however you want to describe it. So I think you know a third of the way in right now, seeing what they're doing, seeing what's happening. This tells me that because they've got they've had a couple of injuries lately, right? So they've got they lost some, you know, relatively speaking, key players. And what it tells me is that because you still have you still have the power of McDavid and Drysaitel and Nuge and Hyman, and these they've all been playing really well. You watch them play, and they, they they look good. But then when you lose a couple of back end players, and then you go on a losing streak. Um, to me, that tells me that you, as a as a coach, you're relying on the players well, and not necessarily. I'm going to come assist- in here, and I'm going to defend your Oilers. Ah, even with a five game, even with a five game losing streak, and I'm going to name two names for you as to why they're having a bit of a rough go. Okay, Duncan Keith. Yep. and Chris Russell. Yes. Okay. Your back end. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Rip. Careful. Let's rewind that. Thankfully, Let's we're not still doing bit. Check My Fanny. We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we will have to edit that out, folks. I don't know. So, Duncan Keith and Chris Russell, two. I mean, at the end of the day, two important yep, pieces uh, to your to your defense to your defensive core. Yep. And what I mean by listen, they're not they're not the top pairing uh, um, players that they were. Well, that Keith was at one point. Yeah. But when you get these two guys back into the lineup again, slotting people into the right yep. places, right? So, for in my personal opinion, in my, you might as well be going through all of this now. Like, get it, get it. I over feel with. we've been saying that you for know, a couple get, get of weeks out of the now, way. though. That's what bothers me. Well, I mean, listen, it hasn't been solid hockey for the past what? Let's say two to three yeah, weeks here, right? It's a roller coaster. But with the type of team that it is, I mean, there isn't a big defensive stalwart on that back end, other than. You know, you can maybe put Nurse into that category a little bit, right? So it's a little bit more of a kind of a skillful, a little bit more speedy maybe uh, kind of defense, if you will. So to me, you kind of need to get a a guy like a Keith and a Russell back into that lineup to just continue to solidify where everybody's placed. I mean, you guys are going to score. Maybe, maybe you'll have a dip here and there. So hard to do with those two top players of yours. But for for me, the big glaring issue here is getting some of these injured players back into the lineup. Uh, it, it's it's not the deepest of defense. I think even you could admit that, even as a, a, a fan of the team. But getting these two well, guys yeah, back into the lineup part of the I problem. Is, well, I, I mean, I just, I, I just, I wouldn't go so hard maybe on a tip it right now. I understand that maybe they seem a little bit kind of off kilter, but 
you know, whenever they're whenever the they need a little bit more defensive responsibility from their forwards, maybe it's just not something they're as used to. I don't want to say that they're not used to defending, but maybe some players just okay. Aren't, aren't I see, as used so to I see your point. Your point is more or less that the forwards aren't used to ha- not having that extra responsibility because it's normally there with their with the defenders who are currently out. Well, I mean, so there's responsibility shift. And and that's kind of that's kind of where your your direction is. Yeah, going like I mean, without going into a deep dive, right? I mean, this is an offensive team, okay? They're they're no defensive juggernaut. Yeah. Let let's let's be honest, right? I mean, compare them maybe a little bit more to your your uh, the Calgary Flames, inter uh, interprovincial rivals. They're built a little bit yeah. more with that kind of a stout defense. Nothing wrong with how either one is built. But when you start taking away a, a guy, listen, he may be slower than what he's ever been, but Keith has still got the brain. So he can still be somewhat positioned properly oh, yeah. and taking away those kinds of opportunities. You can throw Chris Russell into that same thing. He's been around the league long enough that he can make those small plays to kind of angle a player off or, you know, kind of snuff out some sort of a uh, an opportunity from the opposition's forwards. So yeah. to me, even though, again, it's not this big flash and dash, like, Yes, if Nurse was out, that kind of hits people a little bit more. But whenever you take those two guys out, and, and, and I mean, Chris Russell being the shot blocks leader, I mean, somewhere along the line, this guy's going to block two and three shots yeah, a night. Yeah, but I, I, so, I'll stand pad with my point, though, and still I, I full-heartedly believe that, you know, you need a better, you need a system that can sort of blend with whoever's playing and, and substituting for an what injury. What you're saying is that the system needs to be in place where you can weather that storm, is what you're telling me. I uh, better than five losses in a row because you're not supposed to be doing that as one of the best teams in the league. At the end of the day, that's uh, for me, I feel this team is supposed to be in the conversation of top five teams in the league. If you go 0 and 5 at any given point, you're not a top five team in the league. And right now, they're not. They're at, in 14th place, they're 16, 10, and 0. Um, and like I said, you know, they lost the last five in a row. And it, it, it's. Like I, I'm okay with losing. Don't get me wrong. Like they, they can never lose games. That's not what I'm saying either. Like I have no issues with them going on, you know, little losing streaks here and there. But five games in a row is not a little losing streak. They lost to Carolina, Boston, Minnesota, Los Angeles, Seattle, um, and in Seattle they lost four three, letting in too many goals. But then after that they kind of balanced out. But sorry, they didn't bounce. Sorry, they didn't bounce out at all. They lost, you know, five to one. Then they lost four to one. Then they lost three to two, and then they lost three to one. So lately, they've been playing a little bit better, defensively at least. Oh. But it's these kinds of things that I don't have any faith in. It means nothing bad can happen to this team. It means they're fragile. Um, and the way <laughs> the way this season has been going for most teams, if you're if you're fragile this year, you're not going to make it because it shit's been spread out pretty evenly this year. Um, there, everybody's been hit pretty hard with a little bit of something at, at, at any given point. I'll keep going back to the Pittsburgh Penguins because at the end of the day, I think what they're doing is phenomenal. Uh, and it's still, I, maybe it does get more attention in the States and I'm just not watching it, but like you want to suggest that, well, you know, it's their goalies. Their, their goalies are the ones saving them. And yeah, they have amazing goaltending, but you don't want to know what's really impressive too is how many goals they score they've only scored 10 goals less than the Edmonton Oilers so if you think the Edmonton Oilers are so much better well Pittsburgh's only 10 behind them and to me they're playing better I have more faith in Pittsburgh going further than I do Edmonton right now only because it's something like we're watching right now the second something goes wrong Edmonton folds they 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 can't handle any amount of pressure or any change (laughs) the irony of that too is the last game Edmonton won was against Pittsburgh. <laughs> they beat them 5-2. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you know, listen. Head-to-head, it's a little bit different. In in regards to the Oilers, uh, listen, if you're a fan of the team, you're, you're really just hoping that this is, you know, part of the learning curve. I mean, they've, they've had their disappointments in the playoffs, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, uh, the, the market themselves has, has reminded them of that on several occasions. Uh, but, it, you know, I, you got to really hope that they're taking it in. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's a five-game losing streak. You, you can't go back and erase it. I so, yeah, I don't know. I, hope, I, th- I might be the only one. I might be the only one actually asking for Tippett's head right now but because uh, I haven't seen it anywhere. But for me, when I see this kind of stuff and I just start looking into it and things become a little bit more clear to me personally. I mean, I, 
you know, I hopefully lots of people disagree with me and they all let me know. But uh, I really feel that Tippett should should at this point now he needs to be feeling some heat. If he can't turn this shit around by like imagine they lose another two games. That's seven games that they've lost. And I'm just putting a number out there. Two more games. Is it then? Then do you think that he's on on the hot seat? Because quite frankly, seven is that should never be okay. Losing seven games in a row as a team that's supposed to be one of the best in the league. That's well, where mean, you're supposed to be. Well, I mean, look, uh, 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 weirder things have happened, right? I mean, it, it, let, let's just say they do go on another two game, two games uh, losing streak here to add to the five. So a total of seven. You got to start asking yourself maybe a few questions. And I, I suppose the only reason why I'll kind of give this um, Tippett thing some credence is 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 this i believe that holland has kind of got his hands tied behind his back in regards to the salary cap with that team so i don't know if there's really any kind of a and when i mean it's like a trade that can kind of you know move the needle a little bit not just a fourth liner mm-hmm. or third liner kind of well maybe yeah. a th- maybe a decent third liner you know what i mean and i just don't yeah. know if he has the money to be able to do that so now you look to what is his next bullet they could, that he can empty the ch- uh, from the chamber probably the coach mm-hmm. Now yeah. we have seen over the you know over the recent uh, recency biased here, uh, but we've seen coaches come in kind of either mid year or whatever you know twenty twenty five thirty games in and and turn things around. We're seeing it a little bit in Vancouver right now, right? But and then actually I, I, think about this just for a second. Imagine Boost Boudreau coaching this team. Well, I mean, you know, we, that would have been nice. A little late now, but that would have been really nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could definitely give it a different look for sure. I still think, t- uh, you know, uh, I don't think it comes down to coaching. Uh, I, me personally. But, well, you're wrong, Mike. Um, hey, listen, we're both allowed to our opinions, right, bud? I mean, hey. It, no. I, I, ju- I just think that it, it's, it's, my it's, Oilers. A, it's it's a small five about game. your Habs, <laughs> about my Oilers. <laughs> well, listen, I think they're going to be all right. There you go. Done. Ah. I don't think you're right, but we'll see. God, I hope you're right. <laughs> I'm being too much of a pessimist, I guess. Hey, well, listen. Although, we, we could talk about the Oilers all day here because I my my half segment's real small, bud. Yep. Let's go. Let's end it. <laughs> like let's a end it right off. All right. Yep. Habs. As for as for my Habs guys, well, <laughs> let's be honest. It's pretty it's pretty <laughs> brutal, man. <laughs> it's it's just not looking good. I'm not going over any numbers. I'm going to spare everybody the numbers. I will. Uh, you you can, you you can look on NHL.com if you want to check the numbers out. It's not good. It's just not good. 31st, 30th, 30th, and 28th. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. It doesn't even so, matter what. So you mean so you mean it hasn't changed in like five weeks? <laughs> Jesus. No. You may have gone up in the 28th category, but... Uh, Listen, about the only thing that, as a Habs fan, that we're, you know, we're looking for here is uh, where are we going to end up in the, the lo- end draft of the lottery. <laughs> yep, draft lottery, where are we end up, man? What's going on? When's it happening? Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> where is the draft this year? Do you know? Uh, draft is in Montreal. No it's in Montreal. <laughs> I know, man. I know. This sounds too perfect. A I little know. too planned. No, yeah. is this a little on the nose? I, I love. I love the way Molson's like. Yeah, I'm not changing the coach. We're burying this guy. Yeah. Like, we don't want to make a We're coaching. We're tying him we, to the ship. We don't want any coaching bump at all. <laughs> None. Nope. You're Zero. doing good, bud. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I'll extend uh, you if I have to. <laughs> oh, buddy. So listen, guys. I mean, it's just uh, I, I. I don't really have too much to say here. It's not good. It, you know, we're, we're we're already looking forward to the draft lottery. Don't so that that should say enough right there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Oh that's, yeah. That's, it's just too bad. All right. So we got beauties and the beast now. I think actually I kind of really like these beasts. These are uh, these beauties. Sorry. This is a uh, it's a good list. They always are, but this one in particular, I like it. Who's going first this week? I think you're up, buddy. I'm up this week. All right, fine. Yeah, why I'll go not? First. Let's I don't do mind it. At why not? All these are some some sexy oh, picks. I you, must hey, say myself. There was one in particular, you know, that I really loved. I'm a, I'm about to wet your whistle here, Alex oh. Newhook. Good. Look at that. Oh yeah. man. Oh my it got god. Messy. Four <laughs> game point streak. Three goals. Two assists. For five on a third line even strength and second power play. This kid. 10 points in 14 games tells me this kid's legit. Like, I, because I could have gone, I, and actually, that's true. The other thing I want to mention 13 26 of ice time. That's nothing. 
he's he's making things happen and i mean if you're not paying attention to hockey i understand why you wouldn't know this but even if you're sniffing hockey a little bit you'll know that the colorado avalanche are currently playing like a football team they are just scoring goals left right and center that every goal every team or sorry every game they have they seem to score at a minimum five goals i think that's what they've had over the stretch of their is it a 15 game winning streak ever since i predicted they weren't going to go anywhere oh man they have been on a run big time man (laughs) they're playing some really good hockey now it'll be interesting to see here though i mean landis cogs out now too so yeah man yeah landis cogs out for a couple of weeks here so i mean mckinnon just gets back and then they lose another top line guy I'm like, when this yeah. team gets it all together, man, like, so that means, me. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that means going to more line shuffling with for Burakowski, which I'll touch on in a second. But, yeah, Alex Newhook, listen, if you do, if you got a team going, another young guy, like, seems to be the real deal. Like, this guy just really looks solid. Uh, if you can throw him in your, in, your, in your lineup, I would do it right now, uh, especially anybody from, uh, from Colorado, quite frankly. Um, next up, another one from Colorado, D-Man. He has been my secret weapon this year ever since he, he got off the injured list. Uh, I'm not even sure he was on the injured list. I want to say he even he started this season on the – anyways, doesn't he matter. He was injured. I think he, he was injured. He was injured he, to start the year. He was injured to start the year. Okay, yeah. So Devin Tays, one goal, five assists in three games. But honestly, I'm not even doing it justice. He's got, I think, overall it's 24 and 15 with our system where you get an extra point for the goal. All he's done since coming out of injury, like I just said, is produce and probably he's the best defenseman on a team not named Makar, but I I don't know, maybe he is right now playing better than Makar. Um, they look amazing together. It doesn't matter. Everyone looks really good in Colorado. But, he's been uh, a good pick, man. Yeah, he's uh, just been awesome. <laughs> and I didn't protect him last year, uh, only to pick him up in the draft, knowing he was injured. That's how good he was. He was quietly good last year. This year, I don't think he can hide him. Um, he's he's forced me to do at this point up until Devin Tays, I wasn't protecting any defensemen should the you know the entry draft were tomorrow, but now I have to protect him. Meaning I'm dropping a forward for this defenseman because he's just been that great. Um, been another solid, one, man. but he's yeah another great player, but he's been injured. He's even got three points in his last seven games somehow, but he's been injured for most of it. Uh, is Jake Unsel? Um, so it, the timing of it really sucks, but Pittsburgh will be fine because that's just them. But uh, he's got five goals, two assists in his last two games, or, or seven goals and four assists in his last six. Like it's he's rocking. You got him? Yeah, you got. Oh yeah, yeah you got him, eh? Yeah, he's just awesome. Yeah, hence, really hence, the, hence the reason why I'm looking to make a trade because I mean I lost him out of my lineup, right? So I'm kind of trying to fill yeah. the spot a little bit. I've got that's some a options, tough one to but, fill. Oh yeah, that's man. a tough one to fill. That's the thing, like losing a Jake Gunsel the way he's been producing. I think a 13 game that kind point streak he was on or something like that. Uh, 13, that's. I think you're right. I think it was 13, but then can't remember. Was it the injury that stopped him, or was it just yeah, the, yeah, the injury, yeah, the injury stopped it because he had three okay. points that night, I think. Okay, so it's still potentially going. Then. Now my beast, uh, and he's another one on my team, Andrew Burakovsky. So two goals the last five games played. Um, those goals came recently too, so don't get too impressed by that. Um, he had a demotion to the third line, but uh, he, he was kept on the power play, so it just sent a clear message to him that he needs to start picking up the pace. I, I'm just not sure what has been going on. Like, cause he's been he's been getting his regular minutes, um, but again, being shuffled around. That's one thing I've always thought, and I think I said it at one point at the beginning of the year too, is that I felt Burakovsky for whatever reason last year. This happened a lot too, where whatever injuries, he was the one being shuffled around, and I feel sometimes he can show that he can handle that. But I think that that I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like that's bad. It, that's not necessarily something you always want to do to a player. You want them, like maybe Burakovsky's just not having enough time settling in on a line somewhere, so he knows what kind of minutes he's getting from what line and what to expect from the other team, rather than you know being thrown every once in a while to the first even strength and then you know staying on the second a power player or then vice versa. Now he's on the third. Like I don't know. Maybe that's what's I mean, hurting. His when game. that when that whole Colorado team is healthy, <laughs> I mean you've got uh, you you've got who do you have down the middle there? So you'd have McKinnon. Uh, you got Kadri in the uh, uh, the two hole. You got um, Alex Newhook in the uh, three hole. Yeah. What I now, of course, uh, I, I could very much understand where Bednar doesn't want to move Kadri uh, off that second line. But wouldn't you love to see Newhook with Burakovsky? Right, yeah, right now. I mean, I yes. Ca- and 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 the and the big reason I say that is I kind of view Burakovsky as a little bit of a trigger man. 
And yeah. boy, oh boy, with some of the plays that you see Newhook yeah. doing here over the past couple of weeks, very, very uh, adept with the puck, uh, very, very good stick handler. So I'd like to kind of see those two eventually, but I can very much understand where he wants to keep Burakovsky on that second line wing with Kadri. I mean, why would you move Kadri to a third line? Well, you know, Kadri what I mean? must like, be still injured or something because now the updated. He, I th- yeah. So now he's he in, so see, and this is, is what I'm talking about being shifted over. He was on the third line a couple nights ago. Now all of a sudden he's on the first line with McKinnon and O'Connor, and uh, that's even strength. And he's also now first line power play. So they got Kumper, Ranton, and Burakovsky, Makar, and McKinnon on the first power play, whereas you've got uh, Nishkinen, Newhook, Kumper, Taze, and Gerard on the second. I mean, no matter where you play, you should be producing on this team. Um, so I get it, but at the end of the day, Burakovsky for me sh- really should be. Like, actually, you're right. I would love to see him stay with Newhook. That would be pretty killer. Um, but uh, you know, with all the injuries too, you got to do what you got to do. But I don't know. I, I don't like the constant moving around of Burakovsky. I think that's what actually hurts his game. That's just what I'll say. Just kind of set- settling in would be nice for him. You know I what I mean? So. Just to get some some usual line mates plus the injuries themselves i think has thrown a few things For off sure. there too so yeah. i mean once once they get that whole lineup going i think they'll be all right and i think in in, in that case as well that Berikovsky will start to yeah. produce a little bit closer to what we're used to yeah. here i mean he hasn't been like super super bad but no. at the same time you definitely expected a little bit more yeah i de- and that's part of the reason why i protected him cuz uh, i you saw a lot of promise from him last year so we're hoping for bigger things absolutely this year. absolutely so I guess we're going over to my uh, beauties and beast here, folks. So let's start it off by uh, oh beauties and the be- so Sonny Milano. Yeah, you know the recipient of the recipient of what is affectionately being known or being called, I believe, as the BU, the uh, Boston University, I guess. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, instead of the Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he ca- he's uh, playing. Uh, I believe it's second. Uh, well. It, it, it's their first line. I mean, you could argue that the, the second line could be their first line as yeah. well. But let's just say he's playing on the first line here with uh, Zegris, uh, super rookie Zegris and Raquel. Uh, he's obviously doing wonders for Milano. He's having a great year. Yeah. Seems to be slowly figuring things out. The guy's 25 now, so he's had some time to kind of get his feet under him. Well, more than enough time to get his feet under him. But yeah. <laughs> he's making the most of the opportunity. Uh, and one thing that I really liked, especially you know when you're kind of doing deep dives on these guys, um, the majority of his damage is being done at 5-on-5. Five five. He's not uh, he's not really just totally relying on the power play here. Yeah, yeah. Although it is, although if I'm not mistaken, the numbers may have changed a little bit since I I uh, did the story or had the story ready for Anaheim. But um, I believe they have a pretty decent penalty kill and power play. I think it was something like sixth uh, ranked power play for uh, Anaheim. But either way, I mean the guy's doing really well. It, whether you have a head-to-head format, whether it's a weekly format or whether it's daily fantasy, you might as well take a look and see if you can't get your hands on him. Uh, following that up, guys, we're looking at Cam Talbot. We talked about him a little bit earlier on in the show. You know what? I mean, Hard to argue. kind of unassumingly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, un- unassumingly getting the job done here. Uh, you know, he's got 19 games played, 14 wins, five losses. Um, I know he's playing again tonight. He can probably up that win total a little bit, depending on uh, how that uh, the outcome of that game uh, is. But, uh, you know, the guy's got a 262 goals against average. Nothing like uh, super, super low, but 919 save percentage. Just getting the job done. Uh, I mean... Who really thought that this guy was going to be tied with Jack Campbell for the <laughs> league lead, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you certainly can't sit here and tell me the native of Caledonia, Ontario <laughs> would be atop the wins category at the quarter mark of the season. So listen, I mean, I got the guy. I'm a little bit uh, biased here in regards to the player itself. Um, but I mean, he's playing well for my team. And I certainly hope that this year continues exactly the way it's been going so far. Yes, one surprising um, thing about follow- him, though, even though he's been playing so good, is that he's, got, he's been doing it without a single shutout. He doesn't have a shutout yet. This yeah, game. I noticed that the other day, too. Yeah, he's got nothing in regards to that. And, I mean, the goals against average doesn't exactly kind of rip itself off the page either. Like, it, you know, but still it's still good. Too. So, and and well, a safe, per- to, and safe for like me, it's a safe percentage at 920. Like, he's obviously playing really, really well. Well, I mean, it's just, again, right, it's not, the, uh, it's not your dad's Minnesota Wild, right? Like, I mean, they've got a little bit yeah. more punch to them. So the guy, doesn't ha- the guy doesn't have to come away with only allowing one or two goals, That's right? True. So he can... Can have a bit of an off night and still get the job done. 
Um, my third beauty here, guys, is Jaden Jaden Schwartz. Um, 25 games played, 6 goals, 13 assists uh, for 19 points. Sitting at a minus 12, so, I mean, if minuses do count a little bit in your league, you know, be mindful of that. Uh, he is playing a lot of minutes, so he's playing 1834. reason I mention that is because uh, I know in St. Louis, you know, they're really kind of spreading the, uh, yeah. the time ice time around. So, you know, he's really getting uh, he's really getting the job done with the, uh, the ice time that he's been given. Sitting on that first line with Gordon Eberle for most of the year, uh, combined with his power play one duties, are certainly a, a helpful uh, tool for Swartz here to flourish this year um he's definitely been seattle's most uh consistent player uh he's certainly a guy that you probably want to take a look at uh in your if you if you have him in head to head or uh, any kind of weekly that's fine uh he's certainly a guy that's really really nice to uh plug and play in a, a daily fantasy so if uh, you're looking for a little bit of help uh he's certainly a guy that you might want to take a look at for sure um my beast this week uh it kind of hits home a little bit for me he's in one of my pools and I just, I'm not sure where to go with this guy right now. I'm, uh, it's going to be tough to just drop, yeah. but we're talking about Taylor Hall. Um, and listen, I mean, he, when he hit, when he got to Boston from Buffalo, you know, he did really well. I think he had something like 16 points in 16 games. It was close yeah. to a point a game if it wasn't a point a game. But I mean, just with this type of guy and with this type of, of pedigree, and anybody who owns this guy is definitely feeling a little bit, uh, you know, left at the altar, so to speak. Because, uh, man, you're really, really hoping for a lot more uh, in regards to in regards to production from him. Now, yes, I mean David Krejci, uh, you know, you could think of whatever you want about him, but he was certainly helping his game. Uh, is no longer there anymore, and of course, it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult for him to uh, get any kind of exposure to that first line, and it's their first line on the power play too, and I. I, th- I believe he was he was on that power play one uh, for a little bit this year, but it really, really seems, guys, like he's kind of gotten him pretty much into the doghouse here, and it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him. I mean, they just don't have the depth like they used to in Boston. You know, they're looking to kind of move out DeBrusque here as well, so there's another potential, uh, you know, line mate that, that, that he, you know, decent line mate that he could get some offensive production with. So... Listen, in regards to uh, any of your fantasies out there, guys, uh, maybe package him with a, you know, maybe a younger player, depending on where your situation is. But this is a guy that you got to really kind of, you know, there's going to have to be a hard decision made on this guy here pretty soon. So uh, certainly in my beast for the week. And uh, I'll keep you up to date on whatever I do with him. (laughs) Yeah, he's... As disappointments go, Taylor Hall hit a big disappointment factor in Toronto. I, I, I'm, or sorry, in Boston. Um, I would even suggest that uh, a lot of people kind of saw this coming. Uh, you know, when he got signed, a lot of people said he was actually being over overpaid at the time too. So, um, I, you know, not happy to see it happening uh, because I had suggested it. Uh, I know my dad had talked to me about it, Taylor Hall at one point and. Um, my opinion of Taylor Hall was that, you know, it was a good spot in Boston for him, but that, you know, tempered the expectation because uh, it seemed as though his best years were behind him. And I think that is where we're at with Taylor Hall. I, I have to agree because, I mean, doing a deeper dive on the guy, he had a couple of outlying seasons where he had some, you know, those kind of yep, 90, 80, uh, 85 points. I, I, I believe he had a couple of them. But, I mean, really, other than that, you're looking at about a 65-point yeah. player. Uh, so I mean, think at the end Corey of the day, Perry. I, I think a lot. Think, I think, think what happened to him when he, you know, he had a couple of good seasons out there in Anaheim. Did did pretty good yeah, goal yeah. score. You know, that's what you relied on him for. Got pushed the ninety button a little, couple times, but um, but at the end of the day, you know, really dwindled into, you know, you'll he'll pop up for another thirty goal season probably before he calls it a career. But until then, it's it's, a, it's probably some high teens, maybe some twenties, and that's it. I think, again, not that he's old at all, uh, but it's just that I think the best is behind him. And I think uh, the expectations are never going to uh, meet up to what they were for when he got drafted by <laughs> by the Oilers. Been traded for Larson. No, I have to I have to agree. I think we have definitely seen the best of, uh, of Taylor Hall. And, yeah, I mean, it is a little bit unfortunate because, uh, you know, you want to you want, you want see the guy do well. I mean, you want to see him kind of continue to produce the way he was. But... Uh, you know, it, it's just a situation in Boston. Those t- those top three take up so much time, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but 
you know, at the end of the day, you still got to produce. You're being paid to to actually produce, and, and if you're simply not going to produce, um, like his numbers, if you look at him, like, geez, Louise, I'm surprised Boston paid him anything. <laughs> Just uh, Buffalo was a tough spot for sure, but well, only I mean, two goals in it, Buffalo. Like, gee, come on, man. Like you were probably relied upon to score goals. And and bought. And Boston's a pretty thrifty team yeah, too, right? So well I mean, coached. you gotta you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder that they maybe move on from him. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen at all this year there. But you know, further on down the line here, especially if some draft picks maybe kind of make a move here and there, is that somebody they're going to move away from? But you know what? It's just not a good spot right now for the for the kid. And there's definitely a lot more options out there for any fantasy Ifini. managers. Uh, so there you have it he's old over the hill no. yeah we hit the last second on episode seven god damn ah there it is hey there it is that's that's the thing we said we do the, the rhyming oh I didn't yeah do that on purpose i'm just saying <laughs> we're in seventh heaven baby cool. oh that too see that rhymes oh let's go to the 7-eleven all right then. It's almost eleven. No, it's not. No. You stop recording. They don't have Seven Elevens anymore. Oh, I did. Uh, no. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm/tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.